0: How often do we really, and I don't want to get gross here, but stick your tongue all the way outside of your mouth.
1: Hey there. Are you a life coach who's wondering how the heck to find, sell, and deliver your coaching programs? Well, if so, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Life Coaching Podcast. I'm Michelle Rockwood, and I'm going to help you learn how to sell well and sell more with the methods I discovered as a million-dollar sales team leader. So sit back, relax, as I show you just how much fun sales can be hi jen i am so excited to connect with you today we have jen valenga with voice first world and she is a leadership and speech coach and we aren't wasting any time we are diving right in i want to know the three mistakes that coaches at all levels make when public speaking
0: Yes, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm really glad to be here. There are many mistakes that I see happen all the time, (laughs) but the first one I can tell you is talking about the tech. So we all know that tech can be a nightmare, and whether you're on a live stage and you've got a PowerPoint behind you or microphones or you're in a Zoom situation like we are and we have mics and headphones, so often people who are presenting, if things don't go right, they immediately talk about it. Oh, my mic is a hold on. Hold on. Let me get my I don't know if. And, and you've lost them right away. So, of course, the solution to that, number one, is to make sure you're ready and don't hit go or don't step onto that stage until you know you've checked it. And what's crazy is sometimes the tech people will be like, oh, you're fine. We checked. Te- we checked it. Do not ever get on a stage if you have not been on the stage and tested it yourself a mic check you'd never so i, I was a former uh, well still am a, a stage director and a university professor there's not an actor in the world who would step on stage without first doing a mic check so talking about the tech and not making sure it's ready is a big one.
1: Oh, it drives me crazy i'm so glad that you mentioned this because i am just like oh And then if you talk about it and you repurpose the video, for God's sakes, cut it out at least, you know, at the very
0: least. Don't even get me started on editing. But you, I'm sure, have an editor or edit yourself. But if you, yes, there's people who say, just put it out there. No one cares. They do care. If you remember when reality TV, I think Survivor was the first reality TV show that came out and it it rocked the whole television industry because it was always scripted before then. And then you had these. Well, I guess I guess you can say MTV played around with it. But really, when Survivor came out, people were like, oh, it was a, a solution for a. Uh, a picketing what do you call that a protest against the writers guild and mm-hmm. so they said well we're going to do a reality show and we think reality shows are real but by this point we know they're all edited
1: oh heavily edited i have i'm from orange county california so and i have some friends that are in that industry some of my really good friends and whoa are they edited like the you know the last meeting it becomes the first and i mean crazy yes yes I Absolutely. love that you mentioned. I love that you mentioned Survivor too. Just like a fun side note, I'm um, banned from Survivor, which I, the show isn't on anymore, right? But I was like disqualified because I was in the Peace Corps. So people who were in the Peace Corps weren't allowed to apply for Survivor, which huh? I always thought was really badass because they know that we'd just be like, you, you can do whatever you want to us, like we're we're fine. <laughs> I win. Um, <laughs> I
0: love that. I love I that. I thought that was pretty funny. I did. Okay, I but number
1: funny. one, I love it get straight with tech and if you have a problem do not talk about it love it love it love it
0: yeah number two is talking about yourself instead of the audience so or the person you're interviewing however that goes there if you're (laughs) what's that (laughs) i just did it Oh no 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 no! You were no no. You were, oh, sorry. no in, gone. you were filling in story. You were filling in story that was relevant to the topic, which is okay. The the note is really make it about story. You can make it about your story that relates to the reason the audience is there. But I think that we're in this space where everyone goes, oh, I I have to show that I've overcome some kind of struggle, and I can teach you based on my struggle but too many people sit in their own struggle and think that that's the way that they're relating to the audience but the audience actually wants you to be the mentor that puts out the hand and takes you across maybe you have been where they've been but you're not there anymore so you can talk about you there's all kinds of ways you can talk about story and structure that's been around since the beginning of story and that's what storytelling and theater and tv and film and all of that is there are ways to structure story, but too many people start right away by going, I'm going to tell you all about me because that's a story. And the audience checks out. They're like, I'm actually here for me. If we can just remember people really only care about themselves. <laughs> I tell this to my children. Yes. is thinking about you. They're not thinking
1: about you. Um, so is would another way to say this is like to serve or is that too simplistic? Like I'm coming here to deliver, yeah. to deliver a service. I'm here to um, share information that will serve you versus me.
0: What's for that- sure, for sure. And you know, I would take it a step further and say information people can get anywhere. You're mm-hmm. there to uniquely serve, to entertain, to get them ent- the information, to imp- not impress, to inspire, to motivate. Things like inform and tell are not nearly as active enough. But if you know you're going in that in there to humor them to get them to do something. So they're there for a reason. If you don't know why they're there, you should not be speaking. And okay. I, <laughs> we're going to get to that head. in a second. <laughs> I'm thinking in
1: my head, OK. Are we telling how do I do this in real time while you're teaching me? So people are, if you're listening to this, you're a coach, a life coach, a health coach, a wellness coach, and we're here today to help you show up and speak more clearly, share your message and serve the heck out of the person listening on the other end. Now, I don't know if I got that right. Perfect. But yes. Perfect. Okay. okay. And it's not about me and we're not going to talk about tech. This is super fun. Um, what's the third thing that coaches listening to this want to watch out for as they're thinking about doing those lives or um, other recorded videos?
0: Well, it's speaking, and that is not really understanding. Now, this isn't anybody's fault, because in school we're taught to write, 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 write. And then they put you up on stage or in front of the class, and they say, "Okay, now speak what you wrote. But no one ever teaches you how to speak or present in front of the classroom. You've spent all kinds of time writing and rewriting drafts. I know it's a big aha, isn't it? All of these rewriting drafts, but no one is ever getting you up in front of a public to speak The written word is very different than the spoken word. It's why hiring script writers who deal in dialogue is more important than writing copywriters when you're speaking from a stage or you're coaching so that you're speaking instead of reading text that's meant to be read, you're speaking words that are dialogue. I'm pausing,
1: go. Okay, wait, what did you say? You said it's more, it's important to hire a blank when you're Script writer. Script writer.
0: Copywriters can be scriptwriters. Um, scriptwriters are absolutely copywriters. <laughs> That's my belief.
1: Where do you find this scriptwriter? Because copywriters, I can recommend a few for you, but where do you find a scriptwriter?
0: Well, they're working in film and television and, all, and theater and all <laughs> I over can't the afford them. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think. Um, what, the answer to that really, Michelle, is to ask your copywriter if they are experts at writing dialogue. Okay, okay. Because you, in this space, in the coaching and online space, which I'm guessing many of your listeners are, you have to do all of it. You have to write an email. You have to write a post for social media. You have to do a video. But what you're writing on the page can be written for reading. But what you're speaking needs to be more conversational, like we're having a conversation. So a tip that I would give is I almost always talk to text Before I if I need to have some bullet points, I don't read from a script usually, but if I were to read from a script, like if I'm doing a slide deck or something and I I really do want it in front of me to make sure I get everything right and I'm not on camera, Mm -hmm. then I talk to text to make sure I understand how the conversational flow is. So you can be your own script writer, but the key is dialogue is different than the written word. Do you have an app you use for this, or I just, just go your phone? straight into my iPhone and I use my two favorite apps in my phone are the um, audio. Yes, and voice I, I know
1: exactly what you mean in your iPhone. The just the voice feature that comes with the phone.
0: Yes. The voice feature that comes with the phone and my straight up iPhone notes. And I just push the microphone button and it talked to text.
1: Okay. So could you summarize number three for us, please? Well,
0: I didn't really answer number three very oh. well for you. So <laughs> okay, what it is, is <laughs> that you, you need to warm up your voice and mm. warming up your voice means under, that's a really, this is really a part four. I gave you a part four. I jumped into with, um, Dialogue. But where I was going with that is your voice is powered by breath. And a lot of people don't really think about that because we have to breathe to live. So that's involuntary. And then the voluntary part is you choose to speak. You have an idea, you take an intake of breath, and you express it through the instrument that is your voice. But again, going back to we don't get taught this in school we are taught to speak by usually our parents or whoever raises us but they're not teaching you how to use the, you're just imitating they don't tell you how to use the tool but the tool is is your voice and it's powered by breath so that means when you go to speak publicly you must have good breath because if you're holding your breath because you're nervous and you're you're hanging on to it and you haven't warmed up your voice, you haven't hummed, maybe you haven't even spoken for the day yet and you're holding and then you turn on the mic and you go, ah, ah." then you get stuck or you get hoarse or you get gunky and you maybe haven't hydrated enough. The breath is the thing that powers the voice. So if you can do some breathing exercises, if you can hum, if you can make that mental connection between sound riding on breath you will be a much stronger speaker. And that's the little secret people don't know unless they've been singers or actors and have learned some of that voice work.
1: Amazing. So, I mean, actually you and your um, co-owner, business owner, business partner, Jen, Yep, Rhett Thomas. Also, she speaks as clearly and beautifully as you do. And see now as I'm speaking, I'm really paying attention to my breath and making sure I go more slowly, that I'm taking big inhales and exhales as I go. Is this something that you, it sounds like something that comes naturally to you now?
0: Well, I started as an actor and I was an actor for many years. And then I moved into directing and then I moved into university teaching. So I have a 25 year career of doing it coaching it as a director and teaching it as a professor and all along the way working with law students in law school to tell story when they can't lead a witness but they can tell story through body so it's work that i've been doing forever to me it's second nature jrt we call it jennifer Retley thomas we call her jrt and i'm Jen v since there's two gens she um she would not think that she is a strong speaker, but she is, she has a lot of great presence, but she is also learning to use breath and voice and to, to prep so that she has a strong voice. Some people, it does come naturally. Absolutely. Michelle, I think for you, it comes naturally. Now I know you get nervous, but I think you have a strong voice.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I do get really nervous. And this is one of the first things that you and I spoke about. And you were surprised, right? Because I seem so happy and excited to be here. But when especially I'm speaking in front of large groups, Jen, I get so nervous that I'm like between you and me and the wall and everybody listening, I guess, you know, I'll take a uh, sleep medicine or something a couple days before, or I'm sorry, the day before, because I will have lost sleep like for the three days prior. You know what I mean? And so I know that I need to get sleep the night prior. So I'll take a sleeping pill the night before so I can like go on and do my thing. Not every time, um, but I
0: sure get
1: nervous.
0: Am I alone? Not at all. I mean, at it, first, it's so vulnerable for you to talk about that. and it The reason it surprised me when you told me when we first met, not that you got nervous because everyone does. It just means that you care. I get nervous too. I was nervous before this today. It's normal, but the extent to which you got nervous and feeling that you needed to take a sleeping pill, that that surprised me for someone who presents as confidently as you do. But it is very common. In fact, you would be very hard to find an actor out there, awards and all, who doesn't feel nervous. It's, It's common. It is expected. It means that you care. There was a study, I used to tell my students all the time, there was a study, I don't even, I can't I can't come up with the information about it to be legitimate. I'll just tell you what I told them and what I read, which is they put some sensors, body sensors on actors and when they were about to go on stage. And then they did the same thing, having them be presented with a lion in a cage to test their heart rate and their sweat you know how they sweated and just their nerves and they had equal nerves for facing a lion as they did facing an audience on stage wow wow so it's normal so the thing the thing that i think that gets people tripped up is they spend a lot of time feeling really badly about the fact that they're nervous that there's maybe something wrong with them and why am i they think it's wrong Maybe I shouldn't be doing this because I'm so nervous. Instead of simply employing strategies to manage the nerves and going, oh, this is this thing. This thing always happens. Okay. What strategies do I use to overcome it? Your strategy has been taking a sleeping pill. Maybe there's better strategies out there.
1: (laughs) Well, so here's another thing. If I'm admitting to you, you know, in this uh, secret confessional here. Well, I am a
0: coach. (laughs) (laughs) I just
1: not a priest, not a priest, but a coach. I, I don't mind this about myself so much in that for two reasons. One, it means I really care. And you really hit on something there because I just, I care deeply. And I have to actually stop saying the phrase I care deeply because there's this Netflix show on this woman who says she cares deeply and she like takes people's homes. So I need to stop saying that, but I do, I do really, I care about what happens how people feel, what they think of me even, you know, all the things. But one thing I have noticed is that nerves and my fear actually propel me and excite me. And I enjoy that feeling, that rush. And that's why I jump out of airplanes. I do fun things like that is because I love kind of that adrenaline rush. Peace core. <laughs> exactly.
0: What about breath? Do you feel yourself ever, ever using breath to control your nerves? Because it is one of the strategies and connected to your voice, which you have to use when you're speaking.
1: Absolutely. And breath work is a, a lot of what I teach in sales as well because we teach that people are really recognizing your energy and getting right before a sales call and doing the inner work, going for a run, doing your yoga, getting your breath right is what people are actually, when you say energy, right? There's yes, a lot to it, but it's often your breath. And that's what you're noticing is how somebody's you know, posture is and it has to do with their, their breathing and that's what you're seeing and that's what you're mimicking. So yes, I have thought of this and I could use some specific techniques before I go on stage or even as I'm speaking Is there anything that, you know, do you have a routine, an embodiment routine before you speak?
0: I always warm up my voice, meaning I I use my breath. And I'll start by saying, most people will tell you to inhale, exhale. I believe in the opposite. Exhale first, (sighs) get all of your air out, and then inhale. And you want to fill your, your, your rib cage, your diaphragm. And if you don't know anything about the diaphragm, I don't want to get too technical, but it's a muscle that has to get out of the way so that the larger part of the bottom part of your lungs can fill up. The reason so many women have voice qualities that signal they're not breathing well is because we're trained to suck in our gut. And you need to release some of those muscles so that you have room for your diaphragm to release and your rib cage to unhinge. I like to say it doesn't really unhinge, but, you know, to release the rib cage so you have room in the whole barrel of your center to let your lungs breathe and give you power to speak. So deep breathing with the diaphragm out of the way, the deepest kind of breathing, humming, warming up the sound of your voice and and making sure you exhale everything out first before you inhale and imagine that you're filling your whole body. Also, just warm, basic warm-ups, you know, your articulators, your tongue, stretch your tongue out. How often do we really, and I don't want to get gross here, but stick your tongue all the way outside of your mouth. You know, that muscle down there, sticking your tongue out, taking the tip of your tongue and going it all the way around all of your teeth, inside and outside. Just get that tongue moving. Uh, You can do a lip trill, which is great. You can do it with and without sound, and that will help you see if your breath is working. So a lip trill without sound is this. If your lips go, you're not getting good breath. Then if you do lip trill with sound, it sounds like this. And then you can do sirens, we call them where you go up and down, so. And you just play around with the, temp, the, the tone and the pitch of where that sound is. And that can really get you moving and, um, you know, warm up the hinge. A lot of people clench. So warm up your hinge here, drop your jaw, so many things. But that that's a little tip, breathing and warming up your lips and articulators.
1: This is so great. I'm going to do this every time I speak. And for me, of course, in sales, I'm going to do this before every sales call
0: it's not a bad idea
1: because my idea. jaw is really tense.
0: Yeah.
1: I bite, you know, I grind my teeth.
0: Yeah, Drop your jaw.
1: And, and then massage the massage
0: that little hinge,
1: the breath work. Um, I remember, you know, even as a kid, right. Being in drama, you'd go, me, made my mom, you do some, you know, tongue twisters before you went on stage. And of course you should do that before you speak in front of a large group. It makes complete sense why wouldn't you why how did we lose that
0: because no one's teaching it you think of that as as being on stage or being a singer or something but every time you get in front of whatever audience you are in a way performing even if you want to do it very authentically a lot of people will say actors are are such liars because they can put on anything but i say it's the opposite they're actually such truth tellers because the best actors unveil the truth Bad actors are liars. Good actors make you see human beings in a way you never thought possible. So they're authentic truth-tellers, and that's what you wanna be. That's
1: so powerful, incredible. Hey there, my coaching friends. Guess what? I have amazing news to share with you. I have a book coming out. It's called Joyful Selling, A Better Way to Yes for Heart-Centered Coaches. I hope that this changes how you feel about sales forever. It is my dream that every single coach, when they enter into a coach training program or they graduate their program, they are handed a copy of Joyful Selling. And that this shifts how you approach clients, how you offer your services, and how you show up to each and every single sales call for the rest of your career. The book's coming out soon, and the best way to get it is to go to my website, michellerockwood.com and sign up for your copy today link in
0: the show notes
1: and I'll see you there how did you go from acting and teaching to coaching
0: well directing is always coaching directing I I was an actor and pretty soon people started asking me to direct and I thought I don't know what I'm doing but I'll give it a shot and then I really loved it went back to grad school all the boring parts of my bio but As a director, you are always coaching actors. You are coaching them through nerves, getting on stage, through story, through authenticity, through confidence. That is the job. And you're navigating all kinds of types of people, designers who have a different way of thinking than actors, and you're bringing the whole thing together in a creative way. As I said before, I worked with law students, broadcast journalists. I was brought in many times to work with speakers of... all varieties to help them understand the tools of the actor as a director to coach them then my all I should say all along the way I noticed a difference between men and women I noticed that men were typically like yeah let me get in there and give it a try and women were very tentative and this is a 25 year career of observing women and seeing it in myself as well not able to speak as confidently as men and there's a lot of reasons for that that we don't need to get into, and some you can presume. But I think it was when I, I was working at Lincoln Center as an assistant director. I'm going to show you how I'm going to do a story that relates, but it's about me. Um, I was working at Lincoln Center, and Felicia Rashad of The Cosby Show, America's, you know, favorite mom, was the queen in the, in the play, in the Shakespeare play Cymbeline, and as the assistant director, associate director, my director said, I'm not going downtown New York City on a Saturday. You're taking this one. She has to do a recording of a voice thing. As the queen, she had to scream. And I was in my early 30s, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I have to coach Felicia Rashad. But I was in the room all the time. She knew who I was, of course. And, but I thought, I'm only the associate director. What do I know? And I went to the studio and the sound designer was there ready. And I just thought, OK, I'm just going to be here and let the sound designer do everything. And she screamed once and we got it. And She screamed again. And pretty soon she gets on the mic and she says, you want to give me a little direction here? I don't really know if this is I don't know if I'm doing this right. And I was like, All "Right, that's what I'm an expert at. I'm, I'm supposed to help her with her voice. And so I got the confidence with her little um uh, Browbeating a little bit and said, oh, you're right. Let me give you some feedback. And I did, but it made me realize that she didn't feel 100% confident in what she came in with and I didn't feel 100% confident in leading her until I realized, no, that is my expertise and I'm ready to do it. So your question was about how I got into the field of coaching. I've been coaching all along and I've been observing women speakers from students, to Broadway actors, to myself. And JRT, my business, co- my business partner, was a university development executive. She hired me many times over the last decade, when I was at the same university as her, to coach speakers, alumni, provosts, presidents, faculty, and she wanted story. She wanted me to bring story, dialogue, because I do some script writing in that way. And she wanted me to uh, coach them for these events. And the, one of the last times before we stepped away from resigned our positions in the middle of a great resignation, we had two men who are on a production company who looked at us and said, "You two there's something about you two. You, you should look at that partnership because it's really incredible. And we're like, what? what are we doing? She's all operations. She is, it has business acumen, she's a business genius. And I bring story and coaching and development, all of that. And so we started every Saturday in COVID saying, what could we do to bring ourselves together and do something a little bit different as we were looking to our sons going off to college and wanting a kind of second chapter? We thought it was a side hustle, And it turns out it's the full time hustle. So we resigned our jobs in June of twenty one and we decided to do what I what I do best, which is coaching and what she does best, which is run the business and the sales and all of that. So that's the story.
1: That is absolutely incredible. And I would agree with that gentleman that there is something special about each of you individually and together. It's just the energy and there's a dynamic there that is, wow, it's it's really powerful. It leaves you with a great feeling after speaking with both thank of you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. We love working together. And that's part of our mission statement is to always have fun.
1: So now who your clientele is continuing to evolve, I'm guessing, what mm-hmm. does it look like today and how do clients like me work with you? Let's say they're a coach, a life coach, wellness coach, health coach, and Part of their job is speaking in front of a group, whether it's teaching other coaches or doing a live or a webinar, even how do they, what happens when they sign up and work with you?
0: Yeah, we work with all kinds of women across industries and we have some coaches. What we thought we had was a mid-level professional and what it turns out in the last we've been in this, what, a little over a year in the last, um, six months or so what we have is a lot of ceos a lot of c-suite executives business owners who are having to get on podcasts more who are having to tell their story who are having to do webinars and coaches like yourself who are going wait a minute i have a lot of great skills but there might be one piece missing which is how do i use myself my story my confidence to deliver to the end user which is usually know a client of some kind so what we do is we we have two programs we have one program that is you need help right away you get three one-on-one coaching sessions you bring me your hey I've got a worked with someone today this morning I have a speaking engagement coming up I speak all the time but this one needs to be better I need my slide deck to be better I need to present I, I want this to be crafted better and I want to speak better on this And three sessions, we work one-on-one coaching. That's it. They join our community that we have on on a Facebook group and can learn some more group coachings and get access to some bonus materials. The signature program that we have is called Speak with Presence, which is also the name of our podcast, where we interview women and men in leadership who talk about powerful speaking. But in that signature program, it is an eight-week program. And it's six one-on-ones, five with me, one with JRT. And we, it's custom, it is absolutely custom. Sometimes it's someone who wants a new job, somebody who's in the workforce who wants a new job and they need to get prepped for an interview. We take them through that process. Sometimes it is someone who, I can think of someone who just reached out to us today who said, I I would not be the person I am today without the coaching. She stated a goal for herself that she wanted her boss's job. And she had been told she was too aggressive, too assertive, too forward. And now they're grooming her for the ne- that position to take over his position.
1: Oh, incredible. Yeah. Incredible.
0: So, custom, I mean, what she needed, we offered, and it's all about confidence, story, speaking, all of the things we discussed. Yeah.
1: How does sales weave into that conversation? You know, for a job, I can see it wouldn't, the sales come. You're what?
0: selling yourself.
1: You are. Yeah. So, how does that weave in? And do you specifically address that with clients?
0: Yeah. Well, It's always about what I said earlier, what do you want? What does your audience want from you? What do you want from them? Actors are salespeople. In fact, most actors are really terrible at selling themselves because they just wanna get in and do the work. They don't wanna have to sell themselves. But it's always about having a call to action, but understanding the context of the call to action. So you're not gonna ask for, I don't know, if I'm an intern, I'm not gonna ask for the president's job. That's, That's forceful and inappropriate and not right. If you're a coach, you're not gonna ask in the first two sentences for someone to buy a product. You have to build some rapport, you have to understand who they are, but there's always a call to action. Sometimes the call to action in an elevator pitch or an elevator talk is, can I get your card? Can I follow up with you again later? Sometimes the call to action is, let's get you into this program but understanding the context and what is the appropriate sales ask. But women do not ask as often as men for anything. So it's very hard for women to do sales. Certain, some women are amazing at it. You're amazing at it. But it it can be very difficult because you're not used to asking for what you want. But knowing who the audience is and knowing the context, the given circumstances, and then making the ask, because that's your job is to ask for what you want. That's how sales plays into it. And every person is a salesperson.
1: Beautiful, I really like this. And of course, everything brings me back to the sales conversation in my mind. And a great sales conversation is wonderful from the moment you say hello, all the way to the end. And so oftentimes people are coming to me saying, what's the one liner that I say to get them to join the program? And just like you're describing here, the call to action, yes, is very important, needs to be strong, but the entire conversation, communication, presentation, service, needs to be strong all the way through. And so that's what I see the work you do is is so powerful.
0: Thank you. The key is listening. And that's where the acting piece is really tied in. There's not any actor worth their salt that wouldn't tell you it's about listening. It's about very deep listening and hearing. Because you can do all kinds of acty things like, mm-hmm, I hear you, I hear you. Well, my program is really great for that. You haven't heard them. If they've, you have to listen and use their words back on them. Because if you use their words back on them, then they understand that you've heard them.
1: You've got it a hundred (laughs) percent. Absolutely. Those engage listening skills that you learn as a coach. And for some reason, once you jump on that sales call or you get on the stage, your natural desires, right, to be an amazing coach fly out the window because your nerves get in the way. But when you can calm your anxious mind and be prepared for a sales call for a live speaking event, then boom, absolutely, you get to really be your natural self, not acting or presenting or tricking in any way.
0: Totally agree. And and going back to that earlier thought of you're not their peer, you might be their peer, you might have been where they are but they need you to be their mentor, the person that's going to, the Yoda, the fairy, fairy godmother, you know, they need you to be the person that's going to lend a hand and bring them to the other side. That's classic storytelling. They don't want you to be alongside them. They don't want you to be in the middle of Hunger Games, right? You're not in the game with them. You're on the other side helping them get to safety.
1: Jen, how do you find clients? What have you found to be the best way to connect with and the sign on clients as you build a very new coaching business?
0: Yeah, it's tricky. So my co-founder is an exceptional relationship builder. So recently, first, we started with her working through her network. What an amazing listener she is, too, and really can match people to what they need. Never, ever thinking that our program is the solution if it isn't. That's one of her strengths. So she has a wide network and can see connections and knows how, I mean, people will just come up to her and say, hey, I need to connect you to this person, that person, pretty soon we have a new client. So that's the warm network. We have been running Facebook ads. And that's, that's interesting because I'm the person that does the ad and she's the person that takes the call. So we do a system similar to what you do. In fact, we've been learning from you as well to make sure that we are heart-centered. I don't do the sales calls though. I think it is beautiful that we're, we're separate. I don't have to split my brain. I can be the coach and she can be the salesperson and that's a, a good place to be. But we get our clients from, I mean, our email list, our Facebook group, our Facebook ads. We've just entered into TikTok and Instagram, and we're starting to do YouTube shorts. Um, I would say, though, it's Facebook ads and really her working her network and people hearing about us.
1: Amazing. That inner circle, that very first step is often overlooked. It's not sexy, right? To so really think about who's around you, you wanna go run the flashy ads, but time and time again, bringing clients back to who they know, who's right around them is really that first, at least to get going and then continue to tap into as you go um, and then do some of those, those paid or organic marketing as you're doing. Very neat. This has been absolutely exceptional. I cannot wait to talk about more ways to work with you and together. And how can everyone find you? Where's the best place for them to go?
0: Absolutely, well, here's my call to action. The best place to find us, I think, is on our podcast, which since you're already podcast listeners, it's Speak With Presence. What we like to say is where perfection is overrated, good guys listen, and women speak to influence change. Women speak with authority to influence change. And that podcast is in all the places. Speak with Presence. We have a Facebook group. open to anybody called Powerful Women Speakers. And those are the two places really to connect with us. But again, our our company is Voice First World. Website is voicefirstworld.com. I really appreciate you having me, Michelle. It's been such a fun conversation. And you are a confident, bright light in this space. I imagine you are a beacon to so many sales coaches who can trust you and you come across authentically immediately so congratulations to you for bringing that through thank you so much i'll see you soon okay you too thanks michelle hey coaches thanks for listening i sure hope you enjoyed that
1: episode and if you like the show i have two asks for you one share the podcast with a coaching pal that could use support around sales and secondly leave a review take a minute in whatever app you're listening on And if you'd like to learn more about selling your coaching unscripted, head on over to michellerockwood.com. And I'll see you soon. Happy sales.